0: Choice Life Podcast, where we show you that women are capable of absolutely incredible things with the right tools, strategies, and mindset in place. I'm your host, Victoria Smith, and today on the podcast we are joined by Linda Huang. Linda is a fellow member of the Alberta Podcast Network. She is a blogger, a social media strategist, and she's based out of Edmonton. She I came to know her through the Alberta Podcast Network, and then I've absolutely adored following her on Instagram at lindork. Uh, she's so funny. She goes all over the world sharing delicious food photos and all the things but what actually really captivated my attention was earlier last year when she shared her struggles with unexplained infertility and I thought it was such a brave and such an honest thing to do because especially with social media everything looks pretty every all these influencers look amazing their worlds look perfect but so much goes on behind the scenes, right? And that's one of the things that we talk about is, is about sharing and being vulnerable and how not everyone has to do it. Like it's not a given that just because you're going through a struggle, you have to share about it. But if you do feel comfortable, the value in sharing some of those struggles so that people don't feel alone, right? Social media can be one of these places that brings everyone together, but it can also be a way that people feel, uh, feel like an other, feel outside, feel separate, feel... Not like they're, they're adding up. So I just thought it was such an incredible thing for her to share. We talk about her career into becoming a social media strategist, what that kind of journey looked like. We have a chat about uh, her two podcasts, Don't Call Me a Guru, and Here's What I Think with her husband Mike. Uh, I have to say I love both of these podcasts but I truly blame Linda for uh, listening to uh, when I listen to Here's What I Think on the bus ride home from Edmonton because I laughed and snorted out loud on a quiet bus. <laughs> like I looked a fool. It's fine. It was very entertaining. Now I just watch it from the privacy of my home or my car. So you know just something to keep in mind if you're looking for a hilarious podcast to uh, to do it in private. So I want to say a big thank you to Linda for opening up, for sharing with me, uh, for chatting about some of the social media trends she sees going forward, how she keeps her well being in place, even with a high sort of screen time, and more. So big thank you to Linda. Now, before we get into the podcast, I want to let you know that this podcast particular episode is brought to you by InVentures, so it's a chance to connect with the best and the brightest in global innovation, so you can join 4,000 plus creatives and curious minds on the frontier of innovation. There's more than 250 speakers on six program tracks, so there's everything from healthier living and broader thinking, which hopefully will appeal to you, my audience, and innovation of work. This is uh, InVentures Connects Entrepreneurs and Startups with Venture Capitalists, Angel Investors, Service Providers, and Thought Leaders. The conference includes a, an education track for students. Alberta Innovates is making all of this possible in Calgary from June 3rd to June 5th. Tickets are only $399 if you buy before the end of April, so get on it, and if you are a student, you can get an early bird ticket right now for just $99. So get your tickets today at InVenturesCanada.com. That's I-N-V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S InVenturesCanada.com. So the Alberta Podcast Network powered by ATB is also happy to be partnering with Seat Giant to offer you a deal on tickets to major sporting events, big concerts, popular theater throughout North America. So whether you're at home or on vacation, I would always check Seat Giant for tickets to the hottest events. Uh, In my case, that's stuff like Oprah Winfrey, Hamilton, Book of Mormon, all you sports people, there's sports events also. So you just go to SeatGiant.ca to find tickets. You can use the promo code APN at checkout to get 5% off your purchase. So you'll save a bit and the Alberta Podcast Network will get a little bit of a cut from that purchase as well. So it's kind of a win-win situation. All the tickets are in Canadian dollars, even for events that are in the US. Seat Giant is a Canadian-owned and operated company, and it guarantees every single ticket. So help yourself to a great experience while helping the Alberta Podcast Network and a Canadian-owned business. So visit seatgiant.ca and use the offer code APN. Thanks. So without further ado, let's head into the interview with Linda. There are lots of laughs. It's very entertaining. I had such a blast with her. Well, thank you so much, Linda, for joining me on the podcast. I'm really pumped to have you here thank in my you. hotel room.
1: Yeah. I'm. Thank you for welcoming a stranger into your hotel room. <laughs> I See, I
0: was more worried on the other way around that I was like, oh, she's going to think it's Wait, so weird, but I'm like...
1: <laughs> But have you ever tried recording at a coffee shop? It doesn't work. I bet it doesn't work. Unless it's like, unless it's like conversations over coffee. And then it's yeah, like, and that's then it's part the theme. of it. But this is not your theme. This
0: is, this is not the theme. Hotel There's always, recording. there is always a drink and or a beverage in my hand. Coffee for anyone who's listening. But so I first was introduced to you through the Alberta Podcast Network. Mm-hmm. And love your podcast, Don't Call Me a Guru. And Thank started you so following much. you on social. And Like, you're an OG blogger. (laughs) Like, I've been blogging for five years, but, like, I feel like I missed the boat on the early days. You know there's a sweet spot for joining everything?
1: Oh, yes. Like, I think... The TikTok boat has probably passed yeah. <laughs> yeah, at this point. I'm just trying to catch up as an old person. Yeah,
0: I always have that, though, where I'm just like, I don't want to do it. I can't add another yeah. thing into my life. And you
1: should be like, no, I th- need to be on that boat. Yeah, but then I miss leave. it
0: every single time.
1: Now you're like swimming next to it. I'm like, if I started
0: Instagram a few years earlier, <laughs> would I... Maybe have a bit more, I don't know. You Anyhow. never know.
1: You don't want to dwell on the past, though.
0: No. So <laughs> how did you get into journalism and digital media?
1: So I've actually, it, I, I think it really started with my blog. So mm-hmm. I've actually been blogging before it was called blogging. <laughs> like as a child, basically. Right, okay. <laughs> You're like, what do you mean? Like. <laughs> so yeah, so when I was younger in school, I started, like I joined... Zanga, I don't know if that rings a bell to you. I joined Live Journal, it yep. should ring more of a bell. So I joined these blogging esque sites that no longer are really I wonder are they used no zanga for sure is not used I know
0: someone that had a live journal and then they shut down the site and she was like all Where's my years all my of stuff? writing gone you No know,
1: honestly a few years ago I actually probably did get a notice that said if you want your old posts you have to log back in and I was like uh, I don't want those posts. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't want to look at that
0: Let's pretend that never right
1: So it was always sort of so my interest in like digital I think and and then eventually journalism I would kind of credit to how I just had this side blog that was, like, my yeah. teenage hobby. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, not the weird one, but I was that girl who was on her computer yeah, typing stuff. And, oh, like, what's this thing that's starting? And I don't even think they were called apps, whatever they were called back then. It was yeah. like, I want to sign up to this. So it kind of just started that way. And I think the blog helped me either realize that I liked writing or, or just made me a better writer. Um, that when it got to a point where it was like, what do you want to do for a living? I'm like, what are my options as a writer? Yeah. And then, you know, you hear about your starving freelance, (laughs) freelance writers situation. Um, or like, and then at the time I was like, well, I don't know if I want to write Books. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but oh, you can like tell stories and write as a journalist. I'm like, that would be fun. So yeah. I kind of just went down that route. So I think I've always liked telling stories. And so, formally or the formal education, I kind of did it at first in journalism and then I took television broadcasting. So, sort of like the mediums were changing, yeah. but I was still writing and then telling some kind of story and then uh, and then eventually it all kind of you're talking about the sweet spot I think it all sort of worked worked out that social media at the time that I was in journalism and television broadcasting was really like picking up in the industry and it just happened that that was like my hobby as well. And yeah. so I was like, who Who in the newsroom knows how to tweet? And I'm like, I know how to tweet. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> and then None of had, them wanted to do it. Hey? No one wanted to do yeah. it. I was
1: like, I love Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> so then it was like, she can do it. Yeah. And then it, suddenly there was jobs for tweeting in the newsroom. Yeah. And then suddenly there was a need for training people on how to use Instagram. So then it just kind of uh, one thing sort of led to the other. And then, but it all was really just because I was doing it on the side for fun anyway. And then it was like, huh, this is an industry now. Yeah. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) So you were doing
0: that at CTV for a bit. Where'd you go after CTV?
1: So I was at, so I was doing that at CTV. Prior to CTV, I was at Global. And then right after CTV is when I actually switched from journalism to communications and marketing. So Nate had, had hired me. For their first ever social media position like in their comms department uh, which was really which was really exciting yeah i I think for me and then like when you're in journalism slash pr slash communications there's always a joke like oh if you're in journalism you'll switch over to the dark side so so that was already like preconditioned i was like well i don't know if i'll be a journalist forever yeah (laughs) but then for me it was always even if i wasn't in like a traditional journalism style job or newsroom, I knew that through my blog and through social media that I could still tell stories and still, you know, if I wanted to interview someone, what's stopping me from interviewing someone or vice versa? You're interviewing me. So there's like so there's no there's far less limitations. It's like I'm going to switch over. I'm going to focus on social media. And yeah, and honestly, like the blog was just, the blog and social was all along the way. Yeah, so then I did, so I did social at Nate, and then I did social at an agency, and that was where I had like a lot of different clients, a range of clients, and that was really good. So even when I was at Nate, I was thinking, oh, like it would be great if I could just start my own job doing social media for businesses. And the nate experience was great but i think i really needed that like agency private yeah. business experience to see like oh that's how you charge people money <laughs> yes that's
0: how you charge people lots of money right yeah. oh
1: and that's how you like you know submit a proposal like yeah, so we yeah. didn't really do any of that stuff at nate so yeah so that was really valuable uh learning and then after and then so i was at the agency for a few years and then i took just a couple months off for some fertility-related stuff, which I think we'll talk about. But that was really just a, a, also a segue. I was like, well, if I'm yeah. going to take some time off for this, I think that would be a nice. It could roll into now starting my own career, or yeah. I guess not my own career, but my own business. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think that's really interesting to like identify what is the skill set I need and to find the the job that matches that. Because so many people, like I know, they just they stick in corporate or they stick in nonprofit mm-hmm. or they stick in whatever, and it's like, well. They can all make this beautiful, like beautiful pieces of a puzzle to like your career. Absolutely. And so, like, what is it you need to actually build in your skill set?
1: Yeah, and I think that was really valuable. I think that was really valuable for me. And I think now, especially in like the social media industry, I feel like a lot of people, like, there are so many social media people. Yeah. I'm doing air quotes social media yeah. people. There are so many social media people because a lot of people are just like, well, I have a social media account. So I can do that. Yeah. I'm like, I think I saw a tweet from a photographer a couple months ago. So she was a photographer, but then she said, taking on social media clients. And it's like, okay, like, if you are skilled in that, sure. Yeah. But, like, up until that point, I had never, ever seen her talk about social media. It was just, like, she was a photographer, and now yeah. she's – So I feel like there's there's value in, like, knowing what you're really strong at yeah. and what your focus is. And I even do that in my own – business now I can stretch myself into yeah. a lot of industries or a lot of jobs if I wanted to like oh I could technically help write for your website that's a skill that I have yeah but is that where I want to focus my time yeah. or is that where I would excel so I think knowing where you want to focus and still having or getting experience in some other things that might be related are helpful yeah but uh not necessarily sticking in your lane or staying in your lane, but I think there's value in knowing where you really excel yeah, and then kind of go from and then put your energy into that.
0: Isn't it funny how like in school or in businesses, they're like, what is your weakness? We need to build that up. Yeah. And instead it could be like, what is your strength? Let's focus on <laughs> Let's that. <do> that. <laughs> like, why are we so focused? On the
1: weaknesses? Yeah. Well, and I always think I've generally really liked being – like a multiple hats kind of person. Yeah, yeah. I like. I think that's good to like. Yeah. Not be like, no, sorry, I don't know how to do that. Yeah. I've always been more. Uh oh, I don't have a lot of experience in that, but I'm sure I could learn. Yeah. You know, like so. I, so that's sort of the approach that I take. So I do always like generally having that skill to wear multiple hats. But, but then it's I, usually
0: under communications, right? Right. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And then I think then the biggest brightest and pinkest hat (laughs) that I have would then be like the social media stuff yeah
0: yeah so when you started like what is Mm lyndawong.com what was your intention for it what was your because I know my blog evolved over time and I have the (laughs) I wanted to be a travel writer
1: (laughs) hey you can still be a travel writer I don't want to travel with my kids Uh, (laughs) oh yes see and life life stuff happens too right yeah so so my website slash blog or the the current, I guess, link to it. I think I used to be called, like, actually, I, I go through this because I didn't because I didn't jump on the TikTok yeah. train fast enough. So I have, like, a backup username that I use yeah. if my Lindork isn't available. Yeah. But I think before I used to have Lindorable. Yeah. That's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> Lindorable as a blog title. Anyway, so, like, yeah, my blog has evolved over time. When it switched to a linda I I was thinking that I wanted it... So was it like, it might have been like Asian girl 2020 for a oh long no. time. Like it was one of those yeah. w- like random weird ones. And then I used to have fan sites for like celebrities. Yeah. <laughs> so then when I, when I named it my name, I think I was intentionally thinking, no, this is for me. And then I think I was about to maybe go into journalism at that time. And I was like, okay, this will be like my portfolio yeah. site. So I think that's sort of so I'm still blogging about kind of life. It was also my portfolio, so I can show off things that I'm working on. Yeah. Uh, and then it has evolved. I would say many years ago, it was more food focused. Yeah. So, and I would say still there is a food uh, association with me, which is great. I still I love food. I eat food yeah. all the time. But then I also recognized a couple years ago. Thanks to something like Instagram, there's like a hundred different Edmonton food, foodie type of accounts yeah. being shared. And honestly, a lot of them were taking better pictures than me. And yeah. and honestly, it's not uh, that hard to take pictures of food and yeah. be like, this was good. Yeah. <laughs> so I did. So then I it was very intentional a few years ago, like, OK, I want to diversify from just food. And then I did end up doing now more travel-related stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, I love traveling. I like writing about travel. It can be food and travel. And then I think, though, just dis- the distinction over the years, and some people have asked me, like, oh, how do I set myself apart from other bloggers or other Instagrammers? And then I do always say, like, building up yourself, cause, because because y- there are 100 people who can talk about the same food dish, Yeah, but people who follow you or are reading your posts want to know your opinion on that food dish. So it's you that is, that is what they're following. So yeah. So, so I did try to diversify. So now it's more, well, and over the years, actually, depending on what job I was at, I was posting more about social media. Yeah. And then and that was intentional because I was like, well, if I'm going to do social media related work, I should want I want people to see that I am yeah. a social media expert on my blog, too. Yeah. So that's kind of evolved. And I still actually play around with I do want to post more social media related uh, like tips and advice and that kind of thing. But that's also just a matter of time.
0: <laughs> where, yep.
1: where do you get the time? A hundred percent.
0: So as someone who I imagine is on social media a lot, (laughs) you see the good, the bad and the (laughs) ugly for like so many people who are, whether it's their personal brand or their small businesses, like what are the like one or two things you're like, just stop doing that (laughs) or start doing that?
1: Right. Uh, I think one of the things is, so I follow this. It's not for everyone, but I find that it it brings me a lot less stress in my life. Yeah. Is that I will not get into arguments online, and there's so many people who do this, and it does, and then it do- and it comes up on my feed, and then I'm stressed and exhausted reading <laughs> <laughs> this battle that people yeah. are having over these different topics. So I feel like
0: that's mostly Twitter.
1: <laughs> yes, I'm thinking very much yeah, Twitter like, right now. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag AV Right. Yes. I mean, and I recognize there are topics that a lot of people are very passionate about and they want to be vocal about it. But I think there's, you know, be vocal about it, not get dragged down by trolls or, you know, exercise your block button. Yeah. I think that's actually something that's cool today is that a few years ago, I feel like Blocking wasn't really a common practice, and I was yeah. like, "Ooh, like, no, I don't want to block someone. I feel yeah. so bad." And now it's like, "No, you just block away if yeah. someone's being an asshole to you. Block, block, or block. creepy, or creepy asshole, whatever yeah. it is." <laughs> so yeah, so I think like there's a balance between saying what you want to say, yeah, and maybe having a a respectful discussion and then just kind of getting into it, yeah. and then or either attacking or being attacked. And that just looks so exhausting to me, and it's stressful for me as a viewer. I just can't imagine how stressful yeah. it is to be in it. Even if someone says, I never believe them. If someone says on Twitter, they're like, oh, don't worry. I don't care about this. Yeah. It's like, you, this is a, this affects you. Yeah. This is affecting you. So yeah, so try not to get bogged down in that.
0: Have you ever, ever done it? <laughs>
1: I would say less than a handful of times Okay. over like the last 10 plus years. Yeah. And I always think about it very carefully. I'm like, if I'm going to say something, I'm going to be very articulate. Yeah. I'm going to make my points. Yeah. And then I also usually end it with, but I'm not going to have this like back and forth argument with you yeah. on social media. If you'd like to email or phone yeah. or whatever, no one ever takes you up on that offer. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's too hard for them. They yeah, just yeah. they just want to yell at you on the internet. But yeah, so it hasn't actually happened to me that many times. Which, uh, but like every day, you I'm weren't that on, Edmonton realer realtor. <laughs> eh, oh. <if> you all. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I don't know, like, what snaps or or whatever in people. Or they think, and, you know, you just, you, you, it's so common. You actually, you see it all yeah. the time. And you're like, what is this person thinking?
0: <laughs> I think it's not, it's the feeling, right? Because it's the same kind of, you get, it's a release. Yeah. You're like, I have this thought, I have this frustration, I need to let it out somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's not the most, um doesn't serve you the best. Right. But.
1: And then there's going to be lots of regret. I think.
0: I just email my MLA a lot. He's sick of me.
1: (laughs) Hey, emailing is great, though. And then I find, well, I mean, I think this is, so, like, this is true for, like, the news industry is, whereas before, if people were upset about something, they had to, like, write a letter to the editor or, like, I don't Mm. know, call the station. It's, like, so much extra work. Yeah. And now it's just so easy (laughs) to complain (laughs) online. So, it's like, so... So yeah, so I and gen, and I mean you ask really, I think anyone who follows me or, or knows me is that I probably generally take too positive yeah. slash neutral a stance on yeah. things intentionally. Even if I'm ranting about something in real yeah. life, I might not be ranting about that online. Uh, but there's that balance between where is the most productive place for you to express your anger? Yes. <laughs> is yeah. it social media? <laughs> Probably <Perhaps> not. <that.
0: laughs> yeah. yeah. So what should we be doing more of? Like, what takes an account from, like, meh to whoa?
1: <laughs> I mean, I think it's going to depend on what your account is. I focus I Mm -hmm. suppose is so I always really and I'm not very good at this I think funny accounts are what I'm drawn to actually and some people are drawn to the accounts where it's like oh what's today's controversy yeah (laughs) Like, like it works for some people but yeah I think it's just figuring out what your story or what your message is that you're really trying to get out there And then what are the creative or useful or funny or interesting ways that you can share it? Mm -hmm. So I've been teaching a U of A um, extension course on social media, and I've been trying to distill in them because I'll get like these social media posts back that, that just say like, New blog post. Yeah. Check it out. <laughs> and it's like, if I, and the sheer amount of content that's out there right now and that are going through people's feeds, it's like, if I was scrolling through that, yeah. that gives me absolutely no reason to pause, to click. Yeah. Like you, like how, how can you think of your post in a way that, I mean, and I think there's a few questions you can ask. It might be like, what will stop people in their feet. Yeah. So whether it's the photo, is it an amazing photo? Is it like, maybe it's an all-cap, stop. Maybe you're actually saying, stop, this is important. You need to read this. Or it's just like, maybe you're saying something that is very relatable. Or you're using like a baby Yoda image, and then you've immediately captured me. (laughs) (laughs) So it just really depends, I think. I think knowing what the messages you're trying to share, but then understand. Like I talked to, I was doing training for one organization, (laughs) And um, almost everyone in the room when I said, you know, <laughs> uh, what, what do you, like, how would you describe your organization on social media? Like, how does it make you feel? And then almost everyone said, it makes me bored. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, no one ever, I would hope, goes into using social media or yeah. anything hoping that someone's going to say, that was boring. Yeah. <laughs> right? So it's like, so when you're posting it, like reread it again or look at even what you're trying like should I do a video should I take some photos what's the not boring way yeah (laughs) to do that
0: and I think for so many like small businesses or whatnot like uh we 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 do all the free webinars and the free webinars that are like make the grid photo quote photo quote photo quote Mm -hmm. and like I, I am ashamed to say I did that for quite some time, and then I was like, <laughs> I friggin hate producing this grid. Yeah, it irritates the crap out of me.
1: That can be very stressful too. Yeah, I yeah we uh, we talked. I talked to a client a few years ago where we had proposed something like that. You're like, yeah, like oh, you could like. This can be part of yeah. your brand and your feel. Yeah. Maybe the middle one is black and white. And then it's like, that is so hard yeah. to maintain.
0: <laughs> and then planally screws up its posting and it's out of whack. <laughs> and you're like, for the love. you like, it yeah. doesn't work. So, yeah. yeah.
1: It can be very stressful, I think.
0: I, so, OK. So on that, yeah. um, I would imagine you have... A fairly high screen time
1: number for the day? Oh, yeah. I'm not going to tell you what it is. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the kind of person where someone is like, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed about my screen time. It's like X hours. And then I just like, like, I just quietly, like, don't look at me.
0: (laughs) So (laughs) how
1: high
0: high screen time doesn't necessarily mean high stress, though. So like, how do you. I don't imagine you would continue doing what you're doing if you're like, I hate my life.
1: (laughs) I'm just burnt out all the time. Yeah, Yeah, no, exactly. So I actually, so one of the things that I do is I'm a a TELUS brand ambassador. So throughout the year, I will talk about different TELUS related topics that affect me or impact me. And one of the things um, last year that I started talking more about and I hope to do uh, more this year is... On digital well-being. Mm -hmm. So they have some really good programs where they're trying to get into, like, schools now at a young age to talk to kids about, like, technology and social media isn't all bad. Yeah. But there are bad ways to use it and good ways to use it, which sounds basic, but, like, it's good to get that reminder. So then the way that they kind of taught me to think about it, and now I do think about this more intentionally, is what – activities are you doing on social or on your phone that is nourishing yeah and what is depleting and then when you think about what's depleting it's like stop that yeah <laughs> or reduce it or cut yeah. it out so so it's true my screen time hours are quite high but I also use my phone for work yeah and it's also the lines are so blurry right yeah but I find like If I'm on it to the point where my friends or my family or my husband is like, you know, you haven't really like looked at me or talked to me like for an hour or two. Then I'm like, oh, that is a depleting use of my phone. I am going to pay more attention to you. Um, Or you know what? Watching TikToks at the end of the night does give me joy. But if it means that I get less hours of sleep, then it's like, wait. (laughs) So balancing that. So I would say... I'm not, or I don't feel burnt out necessarily, and I and I am. I would uh, I would be defined, I think, as an overuser <laughs> of social. Um, but I think I just I try to approach any of my activities online as a uh, this is making me happy, yeah, or this is like this is important for my business, yeah, which in turn will be successful then, and that will make me happy, uh, or this is the type of behavior um, that I could probably cut out. And I think it's just moderation. So something that I started doing last year was I took off all my notifications except for text. Mm -hmm. So I'm still like reaching for my phone often. But now the phone is not making me reach for it with like a thing that lights up. So I'm so so I've a little bit I've taken that sort of back into my control. Um, and I actually do this for so if I post about certain things on Instagram or Instagram story. And I know based on like past posts or something, okay, or like maybe I've asked and I've put something out there, I'm going to get a lot of like conversation Mm -hmm. about this. I make sure that I'm either in the right headspace or have the right time allotted to actually go through the comments and go through the messages and reply. Or something that I do is if I'm not ready... Uh, then I then I just leave like I leave messages and comments unanswered mm-hmm. until I'm ready to go in or until I have the time to yeah. sit down and actually reply. So I find that helpful. Whereas before, I think I really felt this need yeah. to reply right away. Um, and then the more I thought about it, the more it was like, OK, this is not respecting my time. Yeah. And just because and I think, again, there's a balance because I do put myself out there as someone who is active and who is on social media. But that. And maybe there's a sense of, like, obligation to then reply. But I think you can take control back of that. It's yeah. like, I'm still going to reply. Yeah. I just don't need to reply in the next second. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I think that's, like, I, I try and say this to all people. is like, treat it like a professional, right? Like, show, like show up for it for certain periods mm. of time. And then, like, and if it is depleting you. You know, a whole lot less of that. Yeah. Twitter is not where I spend lots of time. These
1: yeah, days. that's fair. But I yeah. mean, I mean, and then I think it's just like about who you follow or what yeah. conversations you follow, right? Curate so my face the feed. Yeah. So my Facebook's actually like, and there's a danger to this, of course. You're in your own little bubble, and yeah. you're not really understanding what's happening out there. But sometimes I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so my Facebook, literally, since I've started liking and following Baby Yoda pages, yeah. I just log in and like every second post is a baby Yoda gift. And it just brings me so much joy. (laughs) And I am okay with that. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, you know what? I'll get my like dark and gloomy news somewhere else. (laughs) And again, like the same with the,
0: the news like shorter spaces of time right Mm -hmm. like give it like be in the right mindset for Mm -hmm. it show up at the right time because if it's like if you're already in a mood
1: (laughs) maybe this isn't going to help right that's
0: how those angry tweets happen right Mm -hmm. you have to match your energy to what like I had someone uh who's an entrepreneur say this more about like workload in a day but he said Do the things that light you up when you're low energy, Mm. because it'll boost you up. And when you're feeling um, high energy, do the things you hate. (laughs) Do the admin. Do the whatever. Just, like, power through it. And he's like, then you can kind of balance things throughout the day and keep it going. And I was like, that's – I feel like that's applicable in all of life. And, like, social as well and digital media consumption and all the things. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, okay. Definitely – yeah, definitely be more curating the feed, be conscious of how you're using your time <laughs> and like and I don't think judge anyone on their number. Don't judge their uh, number. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I have a I have a glitch right now. So I still see people's likes. So for the, Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's
0: a few people who I still see them.
1: Yeah, so there's yeah. a few people who just still see it. And I'm always like, I actually think it has been helpful. Um well if I toggle to a different account, yeah. I don't see it anymore. I'm like that does help yeah. not seeing what the number is yeah like that it really does help
0: because <laughs> i think we are like it should be a place that we're able to go to for information and entertainment and inspiration mm. and yet and it still happens to me right especially as like i'm a year almost a year into my business and you kind of thank you you look <laughs> at other people and you're like oh they seem so much further along and mm-hmm. then like you're like i logically know they've been doing this seven years right but it doesn't feel
1: it doesn't feel like that. Right? Yeah. I mean, and I think that's that's always actually and that's something that I remind myself too, is when I see posts on social that make the life seem too good, <laughs> you just have to remind yourself that it's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like that is a version of their life and yeah. their work and their career. And and it looks really shiny, but that's not the whole picture. Yeah. So I think you also have to approach social with that. And that can be hard, too, though, especially if you're, like, doing your own business or trying yeah. to start your own business. And you're like, why am I behind? And I
0: think also <laughs> no matter how open and vulnerable people are, there's still things that you don't see. Like, there just always are. Oh, for yeah. sure. I just want to quickly pause this interview to talk a little bit about Stressless in 90 Days, our self-led program. If you are feeling overworked, overwhelmed, or overtired, Stressless Ladies can help. This is a course where we help you to develop the tools, strategies, and mindset required to take you from a stress ball to stressing less. It's something where you can go at your own pace or you can follow along week by week. Life isn't stressless, but you truly can stress less the World Health Organization has actually stated that stress is the health epidemic of the 21st century. And that sounds scary, but it doesn't have to be. So we designed Stress Less 90 Days to put you back in the driver's seat of your relationship to stress. Women that go through this program find that they begin to apply the strategies. When they begin to apply the strategies, they begin to feel more confident, empowered, and they have more energy for whatever matters most to them. And their heads feel spacious instead of like a dang hamster to wheel. So you have the ability to do this. What's included? There's 12 weeks of video content to help you build the tools, strategies, and mindsets to recalibrate your relationship to stress. There are all these curated downloads, meditations, meal plans, nighttime yoga routines, etc. So you've got amazing resources at your fingertips. And the most important part truly is the Stressless in 90 Days journal, which helps accompany the videos. These include uh, exercises, reflective writing prompts, and more. Because here's the thing, if you are not self-aware and self-reflective going through this process, then you're only kind of taking away the top layer of stress. We help you go deep so that this lasts. The final benefit of Stressless in 90 Days self-led is that it is the most affordable option. We wanted to create something that truly anyone would be able to access and be able to afford because stress reduction shouldn't just be for the people that can can afford big ticket items, right? So to access this, you go to stresslessladies.com forward slash coaching. So without further ado, back to the interview with Linda. So you had talked about like some of the best socials being like the ones that stop you in your track, like that make you stop in the feed. Mm -hmm. And I remember stopping in your feed (laughs) and seeing a post that you had shared about your struggles with unexplained infertility.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I can only imagine how difficult that post was to share. What made you want to do it?
1: Yeah. So... My husband, Mike, and I, uh, we have been trying to have a baby for six years now, and I'm trying to think when we posted that. Probably about a year and a half ago, we decided to finally, well, I decided. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, whatever you want to do, babe. Yeah. <laughs> um, decided to be open about it. I think because, you know, and especially if we're talking about, like, nourishing and depleting um, and even, like people's perfect social media lives. I think up to that point, because we had only maybe a handful of people in our life knew that we were struggling uh, to have a baby, I started to just feel like very fake. (laughs) And I didn't like that. Um, And I think in general, people have told me like followers on social media have said, oh, like you get up to the best things and your life is so amazing. Um, And I don't you know i think that i have also been very fortunate in life and life and life has been good to me for sure but i always but but then when i hear that i'm like you know like there's this huge part of my life that i'm not sharing that then when i'm just posting the happy things it's like it's like i'm lying right. to myself as well yeah um so that was part of it and then the other part of it was I thought it might be therapeutic for me, which it did end up being. Um, But I also thought that maybe if I opened up about the problems that I was – well, and so I reminded myself as well. I was like, surely I'm not the only one with this issue. Mm -hmm. So maybe if I talk about it, like, it will help others. It will help people. So it could be therapeutic for me. It could be therapeutic for them. Um, Yeah, so the reaction when I when I – when we decided to speak openly about our fertility issues was so overwhelming. That was one of those cases where I was like, whoa, I do not, I did not set (laughs) enough time to like sit and like read and process and reply, which was really, uh, but I thought that was, well, I was actually really surprised Cause I would get, I got messages from people with very picture perfect, happy family yeah. Instagrams who were like, oh yeah, our child was a IVF baby, but yeah. they had never told anyone. So like things yeah. like that. So I feel like there has been such, not maybe a little bit of shame for some people where they like, what, what's wrong with us? Why yeah. can't we do this? Um, or shame that you needed to get like medical help. Yeah where it's like, whoa, I had no idea that this person struggled or I had no, and it's just something that no one talks about. And then I thought that was powerful too. It's like, maybe if more people talked about it, we wouldn't feel so like crappy (laughs) about it. I mean, I think now I just, I think now it's nice that I know that more people are struggling. I think it's, it's still crappy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) But you know, you're not alone.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, so that, so that is helpful but like the education piece of it as well and even like our journey like i feel like we've learned so much that and that not a lot of people know and that people don't know before they start trying to have a baby and i'm just like and that we didn't know when we were trying to have a baby so i think you start you well and like pop culture or movies or tv or books they all like present generally a pretty you know you have sex, you have a baby. Yeah, <laughs> you wanna you want to have a family. We start trying, we have a baby. Yeah. So I think you get this sort cer- certain ideal and the reality for, I guess for not not the majority of people, but the reality for a lot of people still is that that is not how it works. Yeah, and like maybe if we were more open to talking about it, then then it wouldn't be as devastating for people yeah. when they or if they get to a point like like we did.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So for those who are listening, like, what is unexplained? Inf- is it exactly as it sounds? Like? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is exactly what it sounds like. So, So that's frustrating, too. And I think for some people that have reached out to me, they have fertility issues, but they know what it is. Yeah. So then it's like – so then you either know, oh, we can never have a child biologically. You have and clarity. Like, you have clarity in that. Or, oh, it's my ovaries. We can take some drugs to fix that. So you yeah. know what it is. But one – I believe it's one in six Canadians, couples – I should really get my facts straight. <laughs> they suffer from unexplained infertility, which is literally when the doctor is like, well – Everything checks out. You're healthy. You're, you know, every, all the levels yeah. are good. Like, we don't know what's wrong. So, so they yeah. just kind of dump you in this category. It's unexplained. Yeah. And then they say that it's a common enough category that they can just do that. They're like, <laughs> well, you're here. Uh, so that's really hard because then you don't know what you could be doing. Yeah. To be. You could do a whole bunch of things. Yeah. But it's like, which one is the one that will work? You don't yeah. know. Um. And it could be that you might never be able to have a baby, or it might be that you could have a baby in a few months, but whatever that thing yeah. that changes in your body, but, but you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so that's really frustrating for us. And then I think that was the issue too. So then when we started looking at what are our options, it's almost worse to have because it's like, well, we do have different options but it's like which one is the most effective or which one will be the quickest or which so so then that makes it just harder to decide so I ended up having a lot of people actually ask if we needed uh or we wanted to do like a surrogate like Mm -hmm. have someone carry a baby for us um which was very kind for the ones who offered yeah, <laughs> and then very just, you know, a valid question for people who are asking, have you tried this? But then we would go back and we'd be like, well, like we don't know that I can't carry a yeah. baby. I might be able to carry a baby. It's just, we don't know why, yeah. what that might, uh, what that might be. So the unknown I think makes it very yeah. challenging, but that is literally what's the definition. Yeah. Is.
0: So, and I think you talked about this in that post or you talked about it in the interview with Carrie, like, essentially once a month you're going through this Mm -hmm. trauma in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. how do you cope
1: (laughs) well talking about it has helped but prior to opening up about it it was just you know if I if I got my period that day it it would just be like a very bad day yeah but like you wouldn't tell anyone about it you're just like I'm just having a bad day or like or someone's like how are you I'm fine Yeah. <laughs> so you kind of bottle it up so I wouldn't say like that's a good way to cope <laughs> although that's what I did and that's what we yeah. did for some time I think it was helpful for us even before we opened up on social media to have people that we could talk yeah. to it about it I think the trouble is once once it it's like an ever-present problem in your life for so long there's only so much that your friends and family can say to you that yeah. would really help, right? And then there's, and then you even start thinking like, oh, I don't want to bother them with this again yeah. or whatever that is. But I think finding whether it's – whether and, and a lot of people actually told me when I opened up about it that they are not comfortable or they are too afraid to share it publicly, their own challenges, yeah. but they appreciated knowing that yeah. someone else was doing it. So it might not be for you to go – to everyone, yeah. But is there one person or yeah. two people in your life face to face that you could you could talk talk it through to? Yeah. Um. Sometimes uh, a good cry. Yeah. <laughs> So I had some good cries and, you know, and maybe I like cried for 30 minutes or an hour and then I'm like, okay, I will get on with my day. <laughs> but it did, I yeah. think it helped a little bit. Well,
0: your tears literally have cortisol in them, <laughs> which is a stress hormone. Yeah. So
1: you are expelling I'm some literally... stress from your body. You're
0: doing a good thing. And then you
1: feel a little better when yeah. you cry. So I think, and I think not feeling ashamed that you are crying because yeah. that's a normal, you know, it's normal yeah. to be sad about really whatever is bad is going on in your life so yeah so crying about it finding one or two people that you can talk to about it for me I think I tried to cope by coming up with sort of a new plan yeah for like the next month okay maybe this month we'll try this yeah so like that was one of the ways that so just reverting to like this very like methodical, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> planned sort of thing, which maybe isn't the best approach for everyone.
0: But uh, it gives you some certainty. Some right? certainty. You don't know the outcome, but you know right. the steps. I have some
1: control over yeah. it. Um, well, and that's something too. So for us, we uh, ended up deciding to go down the adoption route. And when we took an adoption workshop, uh, there was some couples in there where one of <laughs> one of the women in the workshop was like, well, and actually, I guess a topic that we discussed in general was just about loss of control yeah. when you have unexplained infertility or infertility issues in general, like this thing that you thought you had control over, you do not, So, and, and then you don't realize how much that impacts you mm-hmm. unless you like start talking about it. So, so it was really interesting. In the workshop, they were talking about loss of control, and then one of the uh, ladies in the workshop said... Uh, she was like quite excited to start the adoption process because she could now take back some control. yeah it's like now I, I can fill out the application, I can go to this yeah. So she you have like these steps yeah. that you're like working towards now. So it's sort of like taking some things back in in your control. So yeah, so finding some little way I think to yeah. to to progress. but I think one one or two times I just I just kind of like, Stayed in my bed and watched Netflix for a while. (laughs) And that's okay too. (laughs) Totally fair. (laughs) Have a lazy day. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, and just treat your body and your your mind with some respect, right? Like give it the space that it needs, Mm -hmm. right?
1: And I think that's true in general. Like my schedule is fairly hectic now, but part of the hectic schedule is that I'm intentionally blocking off days or nights or times where I'm just – that's my Netflix day that I'm at home or something. Um, And then I think, though, that sort of then creates a different pressure where people are trying to make plans with you and you're saying no or you're saying three weeks from now. And they're like, really, three weeks from now? I'm like, I can't. I need my time. yeah Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, trying to stick to that. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, and all of us need that to regulate, right? Like, if we try and do too many things, you burn out. You get over stimulated like you just need that space
1: totally and there's some great memes where it's like (laughs) and and again I think it's that relatability like when you're thinking about posting online like what's relatable for people and I love the ones that are like oh oh no you can't make it tonight oh shucks and you're like you're like already like in your pajamas. like you're like oh that's too bad like I was really looking forward to this and you're like yay I get to stay home. yeah
0: yeah. 100% yeah you don't want to go to the gym totally fine I don't I'm cool I don't have to wake up early though exactly yeah so you mentioned the adoption journey what has that process been like what have you learned like what what would you say to someone considering it?
1: So the adoption process has been, I would say, much longer than I think we were expecting. Well, and it's going to be even longer. So we, uh, we're we not even on the list yet. So I think you and i and i and i related to the girl that was in the workshop who said like i'm going to get all this done and she was basically she she was like she was already working on like step 4 and 5 while she was in the workshop which is like step 2 yeah and then it's funny cuz the social worker was like like even if you're fast at stuff yeah their process is not that fast yeah <laughs> So you can still do a lot of, you know, the paperwork and then you're kind of like sitting and waiting. Yeah. Um, and so they do, they factor in like, well, during this stage, we'll probably need between six to eight weeks. And you're like, what? But if I can get it done in like a week. Yeah, but we still need like six to eight weeks. <laughs> so I think I've learned, well, and I'm bad at this anyways, I'm not very patient. So that hasn't helped. <laughs> <laughs> um. Or like, and where you you underestimate how long things will take. Yeah. Um. Even on your end, so even for us, like, part of it was like, oh, we need a copy of our birth certificate, and we need a copy of this, and we need a yeah. copy of that, and you're like, oh, I guess I have to physically go into an office and order it and wait, and then yeah. So, so it's long. Yeah. I thought the so every adoption. Uh. Well, we we've, we've learned a lot about adoption, but every adoption sort of. Process involves going to this workshop um, or a workshop to learn more about uh, adopting, and that was like really eye opening. Uh, so you learn a lot of information about adopting, and then some people find that or assume not assume they determine that it's not maybe for them. Yeah, I think honestly, it's been it's feels long, and it's also been. Like, for us now, when when I mention adoption or where we're at in the adoption phase with Mike, like, it's just been such a long process with unexplained infertility and adoption that now he's even, like, he'll be like, yeah, if we ever get a kid. Or, you know, it's like, we're – and this is what happened when we did open up about infertility is that we did get messages from people who said – having a child was not in the cards for us Mm -hmm. and it was so like like definite Mm -hmm. and so when we were reading those messages we were like like we couldn't imagine getting to a point where it's like nope not gonna happen for us and but then now even just like a year ish later we're like you're like you feel so bogged down and everything and then your life is also just happening yeah other parts of your life is just continuing on and so we've also thought like maybe maybe kids aren't for us either
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that was only like a year and a half since, <laughs> since yeah. we started talking about it so yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i think your mind might also change or your perspective on things might change as you yeah. as you go on but um i think something we learned in the workshop that was nice At least I think we knew about this, but it was a good reminder is that they don't want your life to stop either. So some people are always like, oh, no, if we go on vacation, what if they call us yeah. for the kid and then we miss it? And they're like, no, like, if we call you, we they've chosen you. We Just, can wait a week. We can, okay. yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes not even a week, but yeah. like, they literally yeah. had an example where someone was flying to England and they tried to call them during the flight Yeah. and then they get off, they're at the airport. It's not like, a transplant. Yeah, like, Yeah. totally. Like <laughs> but then they're like, oh, like, could you come back? So it's not like you're going to yeah. go, you're going to change midair, but like, Maybe you will end up going yeah. back right away. But 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 they were very much book your vacation, yeah. do that thing that live you wanted to do, live your life. And then you don't know, Yeah, so I feel like I mean, depending on how long it takes for us, I don't know how I'm not sure yeah. what life's gonna look like and I'm not sure what our perspective on it. And I think right now some of it might just be deflecting emotions. Like, yeah. oh that's fine, we don't yeah. care that much but then in our minds we're like we care so much
0: but we all do that right like and i mean this is a terrible example but like i don't want that job promotion anyways right yeah. not yes. the same level no, of but totally whatever, yes. but, so yeah
1: so you try to like tell yourself that but then eventually maybe you're like you know what i didn't want that job promotion yeah. so So, whereas like a year and a half ago, when people are saying, like, oh, yeah, you know, kids were just not right for us and it just wasn't the life we were meant to have, and we were like, what? That's crazy. We want kids. And then now we're just like, you know, maybe, maybe we won't have kids. And it's, and then, and maybe, and, and maybe a year and a half ago, that would have been like, no, that's crazy talk. But now it's like, yeah, you know, that could be a realistic thing that happens. And so I think you're, Your perspective might change as you get older, I suppose. (laughs) Well, and the
0: different experiences, right? Right. Well, I just want to commend you for opening up about it. I think it's it's really brave and I think it's really important for the other people, like you're saying, who aren't comfortable sharing about it. But it is helpful for them, right? Mm -hmm. I have not been through the same things. But like I remember when I posted on my blog about experiencing depression. And I like was so nervous to hit the publish button <laughs> yeah. and i had people in my life like my dad especially was like don't post it because he's like we worked at the same company and he was just like people are gonna judge you you're not gonna get the promotion they're oh. gonna think you're weak they're gonna Weird. whatever yeah but
1: that's old boomer yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay boomer. <laughs> yeah. Old, old boomer
0: perspective <laughs> yeah but the feedback that i got from it was actually incredible and you're right. Like, it doesn't make the going through it easier, mm-hmm. but you don't feel like you're hiding mm-hmm. something.
1: Which can be very relieving. Yeah. Of emotions. Yeah. And I find in general, like, you know, we're talking about, oh, what what gets people interested or stops in their feed? And maybe this is a trend. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, showing vulnerability, yeah. I think, has been huge for people. And even now, I'm still like, oh, I didn't know that they're seeing a therapist. Cool. Because so many people are just making jokes about yeah. what their therapist told them. Yeah. And it's really nice to, like, see it de yeah. <laughs> I was
0: literally, when I got the red arrow in, we passed, like, a lower office that literally the name of this, of the office was therapy. And I'm like... I love that because people are walking in there like, yes, this I is where therapy. I'm going. Yeah, and that's probably like,
1: really secretive before.
0: <laughs> yeah, like I'm going to this office this in this remote building. Nobody right. knows.
1: Well, and that's like um, the fertility clinic in Edmonton is close to the hotel room that we're in right now. So I actually parked right near where I had gone because we had done some fertility treatments there before we decided to do adoption. But if you go in there, there are like no – like you wouldn't know yeah. that, that – People with baby problems. Yeah. Lots of people with baby problems in this building. (laughs) It's very unmarked. So I think that still also speaks to, like, people don't want to know. Yeah. And I think, actually, I remember seeing someone that I knew from the social media community basically leaving the office at the same time that I was coming in. And they were very much, like, wanted to avoid eye contact, which I thought was interesting. Which is fair. Again, like, everyone... Like they're not gonna be as open about it. But I was well, like, and you oh. don't know
0: what news they've just received For in sure, those doors right? and yeah. And
1: I was like, Oh, I had no idea that they were having issues too. Yeah. Actually that one I did get a little and again, everyone to each their own, but I was a little upset because eventually I did they did have a baby through IVF. Right. But they didn't say that they had it through IVF. Right. And I'm like, it probably could help so many people if they knew yeah. that you also had to struggle. But yeah. That's your story to share. <laughs> yeah.
0: No. So heavy topics. Um, and again, I think you're absolutely incredible for sharing the way that you do. And thank you. Thank so, you. No.
1: <laughs> like, I don't feel, because some people say, like, you're so strong. I don't I, feel and I strong. I get that. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I know. I think, but, I think but they're projecting you. that they don't feel that they could do that. Yeah. Right? Um, so, yeah. Thank That's you. This always is going to feel like a weird transition, but let's do it. Um, You do so many things, Uh, cat festivals, uh, (laughs) traveling everywhere. Uh, I specifically want to talk about the podcast, though. Oh, great. Um, Tell me about your two podcasts. You've got a brand new one as well.
1: Yes. So I uh, do a monthly social media strategy podcast called Don't Call Me a Guru, I started it with one of my uh, very good friends, Tyler Butler, who is also a social was also a social media strategist at the time. See he with ATB. He is okay. Yes. Yeah, Tyler yeah. with ATB. He uh, then his schedule got busy, and he decided this wasn't a priority. And I was like, "Screw you!" Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "My schedule is busy too." <laughs> yeah. Anyways, people but yeah, so, care about this. Yeah. Shit. So basically, yeah. every month I talking about social media uh and strategy and tactics and how you might approach this uh but from the perspective of uh someone who's doing social media in a specific industry let's say so yeah so we've done like we've talked to social media uh farmers and uh politicians and video game social media specialists so trying to get a real range so it's more, I would say it's a very specific audience yeah. <laughs> who, would, who would find it interesting. Uh, and then I just, so I've been doing that for a couple of years now. And then I just this year uh, in January, 2020 launched a podcast called Here's What I Think with my husband, Mike. So it's an advice column podcast. <laughs> and initially I was like, maybe every two weeks, I think this could be more frequent than the social media one. Yeah. And he was like, no, has to be every week. Wow. <laughs> he was very ambitious, but it's because he listens to a lot of podcasts that are weekly, yeah. sometimes twice a week because, like, this is their full-time job for yeah. some of these podcasters now. Um, so he made a fair point. He was like, no, like, you know, people really, like, start to want to hear you every week. And, and I'm like, okay, Especially sure. Especially if it's like
0: – because what's the length of that one?
1: Uh, it's less than 30 minutes. Yeah.
0: So yep. that's really to just – Digestible on yes. a weekly basis. So we
1: try to focus like you, and we have had people who say, "I listen on my way to work." Mm-hmm. On, yeah. So so it's short. We we usually answer three questions, um, and it's more I would say definitely a broader audience because it could be about anything. Yeah. So we've done dating advice, friendship advice, wedding advice, like uh, parent yeah. advice, and so our tagline is that it's award-winning advice from totally qualified advice givers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But like obviously when we're talking about like parenting and kid questions, we're like, yes, we have lots of experience with this <laughs> even though we don't. Uh, so it's real, so some of it's actually good advice and some of it's just
0: What you think? Here's what I think about yeah. It. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: What's been the most like entertaining question to date?
1: Oh gosh. Oh, that's so hard. Um, we've had we had someone who said, How do I know if it's the right move to move into a tiny home? We <laughs> were like that's so specific. <laughs> but they had said in their question, they called it a little house and we were like, do you think she's talking about tiny homes? <laughs> Cuz who calls a house a little house? Yeah. So we yeah, so that was funny. And then we've had like we've had we had someone who said that their their sisters were their bridesmaids and they're being nightmares. Like, what should I do? We were like, fire them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, things like that. Yeah, it's been a lot of uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's tricky to record that one for us because uh Mike works shift work out of okay. town. So we actually end up like
0: so he's the one saying make it weekly. Yes, but he's, and not, he's even not here there. every
1: week, so we have to like preload a bunch. Oh, so it ends Mike. up being a lot more work for like the one week that he's <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. Here. But yeah. uh but it's been really good. We've had a uh, we've had great feedback so far it's been interesting to uh to approach both podcasts because with the social media one i'm on my own now so like i don't really have someone like lighting the fire being like promote it promote it and then so i think i've i've i promote it far less but i also think because it's such a niche listenership the people who are listening will will be the ones to listen yeah and then for this one I've got Mike being like, post it on Reddit. Did you try Reddit this week? Like, he's yeah. like, what are we doing to promote it? So it's been, uh, it's been interesting. And he's because- slave driver there. Yes. Like, yeah, <laughs> right. Because like, yeah. the other one is a few years old. It's been interesting now to launch this new podcast and figure out like, oh, we could be trying like audio excerpts or like yeah. this or that like what are these yeah. new ways that we can uh promote people the like the audiograms i hate making them yeah they're a bit but of But people a pain. love them and i think they're useful i do see yes. how they're useful because it makes it a lot easier but
0: you either have to like note while you're recording this exactly because it's like, such a one like, waste of time or you have to like while you're editing be like i'm nope that one
1: yeah like, yeah totally yeah yeah so you really have to like mental uh, i i have been mental noting it but I really should, cause you know, well, it's funny, cause for the "Don't Call Me a Guru" podcast, I record at Nate, and there's a Nate student that I hire to help record and edit. Yeah, and I'm just like, yeah, I trust you. Publish it. <laughs> Whereas with Boom. this one, with Mike, I'm like, no, I need to listen to it. I need yeah. to, like, make sure that it's good. Yeah. And then and then we can post it. So it's interesting yeah. also to see, like, my level of attention yeah. to detail.
0: <laughs> well, do you know what? I have a three-and-a-half-hour bus ride on the way home, so I'm going to download a couple episodes. Nice. And we will link to them in the show notes for I've, today. Oh, please
1: give us a review. Oh, absolutely. Do you have an iPhone or an Android? I have an iPhone. Perfect. See, isn't it
0: funny how I feel like it's only podcasters that, like, actually review other people's podcasts because yep. we know the value – If you are listening to this podcast,
1: (laughs) please review. Please
0: rate and review it. Please go to Linda's and rate and review hers. Thank you. No, it's true. So, yeah,
1: I have to work so hard, I feel like, to solicit (laughs) reviews from our listeners, though. And then I actually have found out through this whole process that, like, I'm like, damn, so many people don't have iPhones anymore. Um, I know. Because it's only the Apple Podcast that shows the reviews um anyways go to go to itunes go to the go to the thing yeah Yeah. exactly
0: (laughs) so thank you for your time we're going to move into the five questions uh sort of quick fire that i ask all my guests so the first one is what are the things or the projects that get you fired up in a good way baby yoda
1: (laughs) haven't done a baby yoda project yet (laughs) i think some anything that's sort of in the community yeah I, i i like that um and anything, like, animal-related. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think there's... Um, we'll link to your cat festival. Thank you. Yes, my <laughs> cat festival. Things like that. I think it's interesting when people pitch me uh, for projects or to be part of projects, and it's always, like, so much... It's always so much clearer when it's, like, yes. Yeah. Like, I will do that. Yeah. Um, because it hits, like, oh, it's food or it's community or it's animals, you yeah. know? So there's definitely those things. Um, yeah, but, com- like... Things, and I think that's important in my work, in any work, I think. It's connection, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I like it. Yeah. Most inspiring book you've read in the past few years or listened to? I'm an audiobook person.
1: Mike's also an audiobook person. I find that if the voice isn't right, I can't get into it. This is true. I have actually, uh, I love this author from England. Uh, His name is Matt Haig and yeah, yeah 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 I love his books and I was trying to describe so how to stop time I recently read and then in, uh, in the past year I also read one called uh the humans and I was trying to describe his books to a friend not long ago and she's like well what does he what what does he write about yeah and then I was trying to figure it out and I'm like I guess he writes about what it means to be human yeah <laughs> and like and that's really cool yeah I'm like yeah, so I really am loving his books, and I've started following him on Twitter. And he tried he uh, tried to commit suicide a yeah. few years ago, and then all of his really good books started to yeah. come out. And I think so that was like a that has really yeah. driven some of his books. So it's interesting following him on social media, but it's also his books are are and they're very powerful. Yeah, yeah. they're powerful and they're easy reads, and they're just like they're so interesting. Um, there's one I want to read next from him. Uh, I forget what it's called, but the plot is about when you die, first you go to this, like, library where it will show you all the lives you could have lived. I'm like, that's so cool. (laughs)
0: Because I've only read his memoir. Oh,
1: I haven't even read that one.
0: Um, I don't know what it was called but it was about his experience with depression and trying to commit suicide like it was very much like what (laughs) went on in it but he was so just honest and real about it about it yeah and again it comes back to that like I get you, man. Cool. <laughs> like, you know, you can connect with people that way. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think
1: he's really, I really like him a lot. And yeah. there's always these like little lines that stick out in his books. Like yeah. in the humans, um, there's basically like an alien inhabiting a human body trying to figure out like Ugh, humans are the worst. But yeah. then like eventually he becomes yeah. know, like, Oh, I love humans as they do. Yeah. Um, but there's a scene with a dog and then like the alien is like, what do you want? And the dog's <laughs> like, grab the peanut butter. <laughs> 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 and they're like, that's so brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. So they're easy reads. They're not like complex, but like the thoughts that you then start to think afterwards. Yeah. Are, yeah. I like, I like it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, we've talked a little bit about this. Um, what are your sort of go-to ha- strategies for handling stress? Anything that we didn't touch on?
1: I think taking a step back before you like decide to do something in yeah. a moment of stress. Yeah. So if I'm frustrated or angry or whatever emotions are running high, before I try to make or before I'm like sending an email yeah. or crafting a tweet I'm like okay I'm gonna give this an hour to like yeah. see if I think differently about it yeah. after I've cooled down so I think that's that's which important. is
0: smart and hard to do for people right
1: it's very yeah, yeah. it is it is hard yeah but but the consequences would oh be yeah worse <laughs> yeah
0: but it's like what people talk about all the time is you are not your emotions but yeah. if you act in that state of emotion then you c- kind of are being your emotion exactly so taking that time lets you like be your whole human being self before and i think
1: like the more you i mean when you see someone freaking out on social media or whatever like use that mentally (laughs) as an example of what you don't want to do so remind yourself i don't want to be that person (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. no
0: i hear (laughs) you best life lesson you've learned or advice you've been given
1: I think, well, actually, so my dad told me this many years ago. And sometimes, actually, two. okay. so my dad told me many years ago, you could die tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So I think about that sometimes. So he's like, so basically the idea is don't put the thing off. Yeah. Or like, don't wear the nice outfit. Or don't stress about it, right? It's like, because you could be dead tomorrow. Um, And then my other, my friend Allie, years ago, we used to like have long late night chats. And then I'd be like, oh, I better go to sleep. And she's like, you can sleep when you're dead. <laughs> so that's so that's also always yeah. stuck with me when I'm, t- when I'm thinking, oh, I'm too tired for this. Yeah. Then I ask myself again, am I too tired? And also, is this like an opportunity that I shouldn't yeah. miss out on because I can sleep when I'm dead? <laughs> so it's weird that both of those are about dying, and also the book that I'm yeah. talking about is about dying. I don't know what that tells you. <laughs>
0: I'm just thinking about how I went to bed at 8:45 last night, and it was glorious. I
1: love sleep. Like, <laughs> so most of the time, I don't listen to Allie's advice, but yeah. in some instances, it yeah. Just... If you're
0: gonna miss out on a really cool opportunity, yeah. And it's like, eh, it.
1: maybe, maybe I shouldn't. Yeah, it's only gonna come around once or what It's an
0: average Tuesday night, and it's like, do I watch another episode of Netflix? I'm like, nah, I want <laughs>
1: sleep. But, right, exactly. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> and the final question, Linda, is what does it mean to you to live your best life?
1: I think it means doing your best, doing the best that you can. And I think that's different for everyone. But I also think that living your best life should not be at the, like, detriment of others. So I am always like, you know, 50 years from now, if I look back, I hope that I did cool things mm-hmm. and was happy and hopefully did my best but i also hope that i was like nice to people so i kind of keep that in mind yeah so like don't be don't be evil <laughs> yeah yeah don't be mean don't yeah. be evil and i mean i say this i also get very upset with some people and i'm like why are they so stupid blah, blah, blah. and like I probably you know with my friends maybe I gossip too much so I you know but like if someone's like fell on the street I'm gonna be like can I help you like yeah. you know there's there's something yeah so I try to be good obviously I'm not perfect yeah <laughs> but I'm like not gonna spit in someone's face
0: <laughs> well on that note. <laughs> yeah well thank you so much for coming on the podcast I feel like I gotta talk to you forever but it was an absolute blast
1: thank you for having me <laughs>